I'm not serving the young because I can do this the best, but because I am becoming the witness of love of Christ for the young. Hi everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Valdoco podcast. I'm Vicky. Hey Vicky, I'm Father Steve. And we're here with Sister Hedgin. <laughs> How are you doing today, Sister? I'm good and nervous and excited at the same time. <laughs> Those are all good things. Sister, you are our first FMA on the podcast. No pressure. No, no pressure. No pressure for you. No pressure for you. <laughs> well, we're no happy pressure. you're here. And um, we just introduce yourself for the people. Okay. I'm Sister Hedgin from Vancouver. Uh, that's where I minister right now. I teach high school kids. Full time, and also I'm a newly perpetually professed sister. That means I gave my forever yes to God last August, and I cannot believe it. All already had has been three months. <laughs> amazing, no? It has been amazing three months. <laughs> I I experienced my full freedom. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Beautiful. And I've been reflecting on that. I feel so free, and so blessed every single day. Amen. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And then, besides being a Salesian sister, maybe some background where you're, mm-hmm. where you're from, like originally, just a few things about yourself. I'm originally from Korea, South Korea. <laughs> uh, my family immigrated to Vancouver, Canada about 23 years ago. So I grew up in Canada, Vancouver. Um, about 10 years ago, I entered Salesian Sisters in Toronto, and that was my very first time experiencing Eastern Canada. Wow. With that many that much snow, <laughs> wow, wow, really. <laughs> um, I am also known as Dorito Nun in Vancouver. Dorito Nun. Yeah. What? <laughs> All right, good. So now we got some dirt here. This is the. <laughs> what do you mean? Because <laughs> when I was describing my discernment, the reason I became Salesian sister, well, reason I entered actually, knocked on the door of Salesian community, was because I. I'm curious monk, curious George. Curious okay. George. I'm mm-hmm. curious George. Like when no, no, when you go to a sports store or like supermarket, mm-hmm. Dorito has the most flavors. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. More than Lay's. Okay, okay. I you didn't. Have, you have Lay's here. I think right? that's yes. Canada. I can, Lay's has more flavors here. I don't oh know. yeah, yeah. Like Dorito in Canada, there's like entire aisle. What? So every so often they have a new flavor, and then like being a curious George, I have to taste it mm-hmm. so convent was like that like unless i taste it unless i experience it i won't say i cannot say this is for me or not mm-hmm. oh, so i was ex- like comparing my experience to the like, tasting different <laughs> flavors of dorito that's awesome <laughs> i <laughs> hope do. we're getting paid for this promotion of doritos sponsored by doritos wow so then do you like ketchup the ketchup chips oh Yes. Are you a fan? I'm a big fan of ketchup lace. Oh, you have to give it a try again. No, not give a fan. Three I'm trials. not a fan either. Yesterday I was um I came from Vancouver to New Jersey yesterday to attend a meeting here. And I was lining up to get a bottle of water at the airport. Mm-hmm. And the two ladies shouted behind my ear, Yes! Like and I turned around and they found ketchup lace. <laughs> and they, there were only four bags left. Oh my god. So two ladies, I'll get two and you'll get two. <laughs> it's like, oh you're Americans, aren't you? <laughs> so everywhere else. <laughs> wow. That's really funny. Yeah. So to learn more about you. Uh, we're going to do these this or that questions okay. that we have. So we'll ask, and then you just tell us your preference out of the two mm-hmm. that we're offering you. If you hate them all, just, you know, 
hit them all. We'll okay. scratch that question. But mm-hmm. you want to go first? Easy question, sister. Dog or cat? Dog. That was oh, easy. All right. <laughs> okay, so sisters, our FMA sisters wear a habit. Do you prefer your gray habit or your white habit? White. <laughs> <laughs> and then another simple question, pen or pencil? Pencil. Mm. I like the texture, the sound it makes. Yes. Oh, the scratch. <laughs> okay, so you had me change my question when you talked about your snow in Toronto. So are you snow or do you prefer just the cold? So in the cold climate? Just cold. Okay, no, no snow. snow. No snow. You Got don't it. snowboard or ski? I or love snowboarding. I love skiing. Really? Get out of here. But you'd rather, go, you'd rather go to the mountains yes. and not have it be in yeah. here. Okay, That's fair. my choice of yeah. looking for it. Yeah. Okay, fair. Right. Because it, it disturbs you. your life. I even prefer <laughs> rain to snow. Really? Wow, really? Mm. <laughs> it rains a lot in Vancouver. Is there snow in Korea? South Korea? Yes, but not in not where I live. Okay. okay. So the first time you saw snow was coming over here? No, it was second time. Second time? I only saw snow for entire 16 years in Korea, just once. Once. Wow. Yeah. And it disappeared within two hours. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, did you really see it? Maybe it was an illusion. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> did I see it? <laughs> it really happen. <laughs> so we are on a podcast on the road again. Mm-hmm. A couple weeks ago with Father John Nazaro, we were in Orange, New Jersey at the Formation House. Mm-hmm. And now we are at Mary Help of Christians Academy, a Salesian Sisters school in Halden or Patterson. Where are we right now? North Halden. North Halden. That's why I say new. Okay, okay. North Halden, <laughs> North Halden, New Jersey. So we are here with Sister Hagen, um, having this conversation specifically about the third movement of the oratory. <laughs> Um, so we spoke about already the family spirit, mm-hmm. a home that welcomes. That was a couple episodes with Father John. Last week, we spoke to Father Lou Malinelli about the school that prepares for life. And today, we focus on a parish that evangelizes. And uh, yeah, we asked Sister Hajin to come because she is up in Vancouver and she is working a lot with young adults. She works at a school. She works at, uh, she does not fully in a parish, but she works and helps with the young people there, um, both young adults and uh, high school students, and maybe even middle school students sometimes, or not really? So in high school, in my location, is grade 8 to 12. Okay. So upper middle school? Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Great. And so this is, uh, yeah, basically the parish that evangelizes, but when we say parish, we don't necessarily mean only a church, no. That in our oratory, any Salesian work and every Salesian work needs to be all four, so a home, a school, a parish, and a playground, all four components. And so today we, we focus mainly on that parish that evangelizes. And just like last episode, I'll, I'd like to start with a quote just to guide our conversation. And this is from our youth ministry frame of reference uh, for the SDBs, for the Salesians. And it goes like this. This is the quote here. The experience of the parish is built on two main pillars. In the first place, the belief that every young person has in his or her heart the desire for God, the desire for a full life, the unifying perspective of faith. Secondly, a series of initiatives suitable to young people with the goal of helping them to discover and follow their vocation. And so when we speak about a parish that evangelizes, it's really those two things that we're trying to unpack here is this all young people have this desire for God, whether they're able to explain it or whether they're able to put it into words, 
um, no matter where they are in their faith journey, they're looking for a happy life. They're looking for satisfaction, and maybe they don't know, but they are really searching for for God. You know? And so this environment that allows people to encounter God, to encounter Christ, to fulfill their longings in their life, um, but then along the way to follow their find their vocation, what they're supposed to do with their life. Um, so we're going to kind of unpack that a little bit with you, Sister Hajin, if you don't mind. Let's try. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just to kind of set the, the stage, is just to give your experience of how you feel over there in Canada, um, you know, witnessing to the faith, working with young people, um, you know, just your experience now, like what you're doing, um, just to kind of put into context your, your experience so far. Uh, when it comes to evangelization or just my general experience? Yeah, with a focus on this evangelization, this witness of the faith, mm -hmm. of you uh, being a religious sister that mm -hmm. can't really hide because you're in a habit. <laughs> so. That's true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a plus. Yeah. Everybody knows who I am. Everybody knows that I'm a Catholic sister. So easier for me to talk about who Jesus is. It's not just the one weird middle-aged woman talking about yeah. God, right? So, well, okay, she's talking about God, yeah, what's new about it? Right. It's good. Um, when I first entered Salesian, when I first discerned to become a sister, I had to be Salesian because I was already deeply involved in youth ministry in my home parish, and I thought that would be the best thing I could do in my life, with my own life, too. But in my formation, that desire to serve the young didn't change, but it gained another meaning. So it's, I'm not serving the young because I can do this the best, but because I am becoming the witness of love of Christ for the young. So now as a Salesian sister, evangelization means witnessing the love of Christ to everyone that I encounter. Right. So whenever I teach in the classroom, whenever I run the youth center on the Friday night, either it's a second grader or 12th grader or young adults or 40-year-old lady who needs to talk to just vent out her anger or frustration. Same thing, my purpose of evangelization or my purpose with that, to be with that person doesn't change. It's to be witness of love of God. I think mm -hmm. that's the core of what evangelization should come down to. Yeah. That's pretty powerful. I don't know, <laughs> that, that, that quote, right, becoming the witness love of Christ, like that you had this encounter right and so then it's instead that you go out and become this reflection and i think that's kind of incredible and it's this full like this full reflection of god's love because it's your whole life right like mm -hmm. that it's your whole life changed because mm -hmm. of it it's really beautiful do you remember in your childhood or do you remember one moment that was like you experienced that from somebody else is there one person or one moment that's you remember like that that happening to you that somebody was the witness of the love of Christ to you and that kind of there is a one person specifically but I want to also share my experience as a like high school kids yeah. so parish was my playground really mm. so parish was on the way to school mm -hmm. so it was between my home and school Wow. so I walked to school and dropped by the church. It was like I didn't go into the church, but then as I passed in front of the church, hi, Jesus, good morning, <laughs> have a wonderful day. And I go to school. Yeah. Coming back home, our assistant pastor was a really cool guy. So he had a room for our, uh, the young people, like high school, middle school kids. So we could stay there to do our homework. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. and there was a snack cabinet. It was always full, <laughs> always full. So my friends and I just stopped by and did our homework there. So I think that was a like beautiful environment. Now I think about it, mm -hmm. and beautiful experience to have young people stay in the church, yeah. right? And then he dropped by here and then, and then talk about Jesus and play with us. Yeah. And I, her name is Sister Agnes. She's a Korean sister in my home parish in Vancouver. I learned love from her. Like she was a pure expression of love. Mm. Whenever we asked her to pray, she began her prayer with, thank you, Lord. Like what is, what is she saying thank you for? <laughs> But she always began her prayer with, thank you, Lord. And she expressed love for each and every person. So I learned how to love from her because I, I am from a blended family. So my dad got remarried to my stepmom when I was 11. So that's my conversion story. My, I was not Catholic before, but my stepmom was Catholic. So mm -hmm. she brought me to the church wow. and like signed me up for a baptism class. And ever since I never left the church. Yeah. But so it was. Um, where am I going with this? <laughs> no, hold on, I have to. Oh, so love concept of love mm -hmm. to me was something to earn, something that I had to work for. It wasn't free, as my catechism teacher said. Because <clears throat> my stepmom was a beautiful person, and she was a moment of prayer. Mm -hmm. She taught me faith. Well, there was a little struggle. Now I'm thinking about it, it's like teenager daughter with mom. Yeah. Yeah. But to me, in that situation, I have to work for to be loved. But Sis Agnes taught me, no, you don't have to work for love. Love is given to you. It's there. You just have to accept it. Mm -hmm. That was a powerful experience from her. So, yeah. so you as a teacher then, like how do you then do that with your students? Like how important, I guess, is that to create this environment of like openness, but a place where like they can encounter this love of Jesus for your students. How do you do that? So when I encounter my students, I don't encounter them as a sister only. Mm. I encounter them as a Salesian sister who is also hedging, right? Mm -hmm. I, am, I am who I am yeah. and God gave me this identity as a Salesian sister. So I share my humanness with them too. So when I get upset, I say a prayer out loud <laughs> so that they can hear that I am frustrated at that time. And I let them know in my prayer that I'm running out of my patience. <laughs> really? Yeah, I know. Oh, Lord, give me patience at this time so that I don't have to yell at anybody, so I don't have to hurt anyone at this time. And they're like, oh, sister's upset now. <laughs> and they quiet down. It's pretty good. Like, I don't, I'm not ashamed of sharing my humanness. Mm -hmm. okay? At the same time, I think it comes with the listening a lot. Mm -hmm. Like Don Bosco said, meet where they are. Mm -hmm. I need to understand them first. I need to open my heart first. I need to listen to them first. So I need to understand who they are first. So I do that a lot in my classroom or wherever I go. So instead of saying, what's wrong with you? I say, did anything happen to you to make you feel this way? Mm. Is there anything I can do? Is there anything I can provide? So what is that? Like, tell me. Let me help you. Yeah. So like listening is a lot to me. Yeah, and I think those two things, I mean, 
when you were speaking, just this authenticity, you know, that mm. we, we want the young people and I think us as well. No, we, we just want authenticity. We want somebody who is who doesn't pretend like they have everything all together. You know, that they're human, they're weak, they're whatever. We have our own faults and and I think the young people see very clearly and if we try to hide that and we try to pretend like we have everything figured out, we have all the answers, they they know it's not true. No? Mm-hmm. And so I think I mean, I appreciate just that witness of what you just said because I was I was praying about this yesterday, about you know where to go, what to do, what to do next, and it's always like I always feel like it's it's my plan or that I'm not doing God's will, I'm doing my own, and I'm just eventually last night I was I am me, like I can't get away from that. I am who I am, and I have my faults and my weaknesses. And Lord, you're calling me to work in your kingdom for your people but as me, and I, I can't disappear. Like, I, I have my personality, I have my my faults and my weaknesses and my strengths and my gifts and everything, and so just that authenticity, it's nice to hear you, yeah, to say that and to bring to bring that to the young people, because I think that is part of evangelization, you know, that what we're gonna soon celebrate in Christmas, mm-hmm. that God became man, mm-hmm. he, he's he, the incarnation, like he knows us. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to run from us. We don't need to run from from our weakness or who we are. I think it makes it a more powerful witness. I think working in the job that I have, I work with a lot of priests, and then I get to work with a lot of sisters, which is, it's great. And I think for a lot of people, maybe that's harder because you see the human side of people. Like if someone's (laughs) grumpy that day, you see them grumpy. If someone's really excited that day, you see them really excited. So really the difficult and the wonderful. But... I think it's helped me, I think, a lot more because it's, you're humans, right? Like, you have a vow and you wear different clothes, but that's pretty much the end of the differences, right? We're all called to live, like, with our lives pointed towards Christ. And I think seeing the humanness makes it easier for lay people to understand, like, they're, everyone is working through something, right? Like, just because you took a vow doesn't mean that it makes you, oh, here we are, oriented, straight, that's it, that's where we're going. Like, there's there's difficulty. And so I think that's helped me a lot, for sure, in my faith and understanding, but then also in communicating, because it makes it so that I'd, I don't have to hide either. You know, like, it's not something that I have to pretend, okay, I'm, I'm all of this, when really, like, I'm struggling too, or need to figure it out, or still asking these, Lord, I'm frustrated, please help me questions. <laughs> and that openness too. Right? I don't have to pretend mm-hmm. that I am okay and everything is fine yeah. and everything is cool. Instead, in my heart, like, like all grumbling is going on. Mm-hmm. So that openness, like letting them know how I am feeling at this time. Right. And then they feel free to let me know how they feel yeah. at that time too. So yeah. that openness and mutual respect and listening to each other. Mm-hmm. I think that's important too. Yeah. It's beautiful. And I guess this environment of encountering Christ in the Salesian charism this parish that evangelizes really has a focus on on the sacraments is a huge part of of our life especially reconciliation and the Eucharist and if yeah just if you can kind of add this authenticity this listening this environment but really infused with the person of Christ in the sacraments and Mm -hmm. if maybe you can speak on that a little bit your experience if you want in your of your own life you know, your own relationship with the sacraments and how it's helped you get to where you are. But mm-hmm. also, as you are working with young people, I know you work with a lot of young adults, you know, the, the presence of the sacraments, especially uh, reconciliation in the Eucharist, like what has that done 
for this evangelization and witnessing to Christ? So to be honest, I'm not a big fan of sacrament of reconciliation. <laughs> okay, edit that out. <laughs> I, I love it. I love the graces come through it, right? But it's not the easiest sacrament that I'm, I'm like dying to receive it every day. Yeah. On the other hand, sacrament of Eucharist, yes, I'm dying to have it receive it every day. And and I was lucky during COVID that we had tabernacle in the house and we could receive um, daily communion wow. and so with that I couldn't fully be with those people who couldn't have that opportunity and I, I saw people's devastation about not receiving Jesus every day mm-hmm. so I was privileged in that way but when it comes to sacramental reconciliation I love the word reconciliation though so yeah. I prefer reconciliation instead of confession or penance yeah. okay so I, but then as a teacher, we have to talk about reconciliation every so often because school puts penitential right every so often and I have to prepare them. I just don't want to give them brochure or leaflet, like read it and then get ready. Right. It's not just vending machine. Yeah. I go in, put a coin, get a reconciliation or a penance, and I say it, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's not that, it's reconciliation. I am restoring my relationship with Jesus in that confessional so that's not easy for me so I share my experience with the students it's not easy for me as a religious sister so I understand their frustration their difficulties to approach that sacrament but at the same time sharing my own difficulties and struggles I do share that the graces come through it right the the feeling when I come out of the confessional it's nothing can compare to it, yeah. right? So I show them examples. So when I have a penitential rite, it's not only them going, and I'm part of, become one of them, I go to reconciliation together. And like one day, so we had a class mass, and before class mass, reconciliation was provided. Mm-hmm. So I set the tone, this is your chance to renew your relationship with Jesus this is your chance to um, remove the obstacles. And I set the tone and I didn't have, to be honest, didn't have that much expectation that everybody will go. Yeah. Most of the problem kid, most of the problematic kid yeah. was the first one to go into that mm-hmm. confession. I was like, oh Lord. <laughs> You're <laughs> <I> working. <laughs> what am I seeing right now? <laughs> wow, Lord, he's going. And then he gave me troubles again, but still, <laughs> I could see the heart that he was will his willingness mm-hmm. to restore the relationship with Christ, and that I'm sure other kids saw that too, and then they were shocked as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. I'm sure of that. But that's the beautiful thing about what our environment, our Salesian environment, is supposed to do: that the young people lead other young people. So to have this space where you have the freedom, you're not forced to go to confession, you have the freedom mm-hmm. to go to confession, to you know, to live the faith, to whatever it is, the environment provides that freedom. And then hopefully you see young people rise to leadership roles and then they're leading their peers to, to Christ. That mm-hmm. you as Sister Hagen are not gonna be able to do everything. You're not going to be able to run the whole school. You're not going to, you're not the savior, no, but to create that environment where people have the opportunity to encounter Christ and then bring others or witness to others. Um, Exactly. Yeah, it's beautiful. Exactly. So one day we did adoration with grade nine students. 
and the chaplain was not sure if was going to go fine. Like grade nine students in the ch- in the church, mm-hmm. so he wasn't sure if it was going to be maintained. The silence was going to be maintained. Yeah. So okay, you can set the tone, Father. So, <laughs> so he tried, and then we stayed silent for forty five minutes. And after that, I went back to him for evaluation, and he said, "Why well, really work? It's not just kids sitting there because nobody's making noise. They really try to connect to the." To Jesus in the blessed sacrament, mm-hmm. as part of their effort to build that relationship with Jesus. Yeah. So it was beautiful to hear, and some of my leaders at that time, after that, they're like, "I needed this sister. Yeah. I will. I really needed this time. I really needed Jesus at this time." Yeah. Like grade eleven students can say that. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think those are my favorite parts on retreat, and then also going to. Like I'll go to Salesian High's uh, Adoration Night Energy, and it's just amazing that they they choose to sit there. And maybe they're going like for energy. Maybe they're going for open gym after. Whatever doesn't really matter. They're still sitting in front of Jesus, and like He can work, right? But on the retreat, those two moments when they're sitting in adoration, and they're trying, right, to understand. And even if like maybe they don't fully believe or understand yet they're still there right and then reconciliation always oh my gosh just how they all stand up and are ready to go you know even if they're scared and so many of them are like what do i do they just look at you and you're like just tell you can tell the priest and the beauty of Salesian priest right that it's easy it's just easy to walk in and be like i don't know what to do here and they're fine you know to teach them but that they come back and there's just like I know. Freedom. Like that, like let go and they're walking in and maybe there's a little tear that they're wiping off and they're just going to go pray their penance, but they look different. Smile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone has a smile when they come out of the confession. Totally different. The the freedom they have Mm -hmm. at that moment. Yeah. And that's a powerful, I think, witness of like what's happening at their schools, that they're trust enough to do that, that they're trusting someone. And then, but that's like the first step into them being these like really like strong members of the community that they look at the sacraments and they're like, I can do that. I can do this hard thing and come back into community, you know, and and be witnesses to each other. Because I think always, I always think of the stragglers at the end, like after that first wave that stands up, the stragglers that sit there for a really long time, like with this internal battle. And then finally it's like, they're like, I'm just gonna go. Just go. I'm just gonna go. And they sit in the back and they're waiting. And they're like, okay, and they go, and they come back, and they're still, yeah, they're just fresh, you know. So it's it's beautiful to see it. That's me too. Like, yeah, I have to go. Yeah, same, same. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. But even yours is such a good example because I I've never gone to confession to reconciliation on an LR ever. So because I just I either try to go before or I'll go after because I don't I'm like I don't want to take the their moment from them, but like. I'm just listening to you like speak about it like how powerful is it when the adults do go when I when I see one of the CYMs get in line mm-hmm. and they're like I'm gonna go as well with my students like that's important you know mm-hmm. for them to see also that witness is is beautiful mm-hmm. so yeah that cool actually brings it. up another point that I because in theology we always have this you know peers leading peers mm-hmm. young people leading young people but our theology teacher he was a youth ministry, you know, expert in the Salesians, and he always used to say, "It's 
okay, it's true, young people can lead young people, but they need mentors, they need yeah. older adults, they need, whether from grandparents to teachers to parents, like it's not just young leading young and then it just stays there. Mm -hmm. They need older people who have lived it, who have the wisdom, who are willing to also live the faith that it's mm -hmm. not, you know, that's our big trouble with the church is that, you know, we can have the kids when they're in their, you know, for catechism or whatever, but as they grow up, it's less and less, like there's less and less witness of mm -hmm. young adults and adults actually living on authentic faith and choosing to go on their own. And, you know, how do we create an environment that, yes, young people are witnessing to young people, but also the adults are right there. I'm Doing just, the same thing. Yeah. Like, I also need to go to, like, right, I need like to, I, I need reconciliation. I like, need, I'm here in adoration. Yeah. I need to be praying. Yeah. And Which is evangelization, yeah. exactly. right? Like, yeah. that it cannot, it can't just be, okay, like, your life as a priest, your life as a sister, mine as a lay person, but like that we receive the sacraments in front of them. And like just receiving the Eucharist at Mass is not enough to show them, but like how we kneel and how we, everything, everything is, is important and a tool for evangelization so that it makes the connection no matter what. Like they can think back, like these people in my life, like looked for God also. Mm -hmm. Even if they're teaching us about it, that they're still looking for Him mm -hmm. is it's monumental because those people stand out in my life, the same Sister Agnes and mm -hmm. whoever in your life. Because yeah. we receive same communion, mm -hmm. right? It's not, it's one body. one body. As we receive the communion, we form one body. It's yeah. not no longer, it's no longer me and you. It's not between youth minister and the young. Yeah. It's us. Right. From that moment, we become we. Yeah. We form one body and we do this together. Mm-hmm. So there shouldn't be any separation. Okay, yeah. this is time for you. Yeah. So you will do this. That's true. <laughs> right? No, yeah. no. We're, this is our moment together. Yeah. So we got, we are going to do this together. Mm -hmm. It's always true that they do what we do. Mm -hmm. Have you noticed that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's true. And, and I think Don Bosco knew that. No, he, he knew love what the young love what the young love, and they will come to love what, what you love. Mm -hmm. So if you you know, really love Jesus Christ and we want them to encounter Jesus Christ, we have to enter into their life and, and make him meaningful and make real. him alive, real mm -hmm. in, in their life and their daily experiences, whether it be sports or clubs or whatever, video games, you know, I don't know. Do you have any hobbies, sister? <laughs> random question. Wow, random question. <laughs> I wasn't ready for this yes. one, actually. Me either. Mm, hobby. <laughs> I love watching movies. Okay. I love watching movies. I like I love watching secular movies and find Christian values in it. Mm. So in my class, I don't show them pure flicks that much. Yeah. <laughs> but there is something. I mean, obviously, we have to be careful what we show. But mm -hmm. oh, that's, that's what they're watching. The one you mentioned today. What was the one you mentioned today? Uh, a quiet place. A quiet place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a quiet place. The but aliens. The aliens. <laughs> but you can find. Father <laughs> But I think that points back to the everybody's searching for God. Mm -hmm. Everybody's got a desire. We're all trying to express our life experience in some way or another. And so I think you can find a lot of mm -hmm. Christian values, a lot of you know pointing towards a desire for truth, for freedom, for whatever. There's so many things that we as humans mm -hmm. are striving for. Mm -hmm. And I think us as Catholics, as Christians, are just proposing that Jesus Christ is... The person who will fulfill that mm -hmm. and then to step back and say it has to be a process to get there mm -hmm. like that just because I propose on Tuesday that they're gonna be full believers and like embrace Jesus Christ fully on Wednesday it, it's not doesn't make sense no mm -hmm. that we propose day after day by a 
a patient witness, mm -hmm. but that we're in for a long, mm -hmm. a long journey. Because sometimes I do see that struggle among young people. So that was my experience as a young teenager as well. So church is here, one end, and then their life runs parallel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they touch base every Sunday. Yeah. Like it's like making this curve, making contact on every Sunday. Mm -hmm. So how can I help them to narrow this gap or even like join these two lines so that two values are not separated. They don't become Sunday Catholic, but they become Catholic every day. Every day yeah. So it's my job, I believe, to help them see the Christian values or Jesus in everything and in each person. Yeah. Otherwise, they're going to like, it's parallel. Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. yeah. So then speak about that a little more when it comes to especially your work with young adults. I know you work with a lot of young adults mm -hmm. and, you know, that's the age where they're free. Like they're, they don't have parents to tell them that they have to go to mass or they have to go to catechism or they have, you know, they're not in school anymore or maybe they're in college, but they're, they're free. So how do you kind of motivate or what is your, some of the things that you do to try and bring those two realities together and get them to have this living faith and go out and serve and witness, you know, as, as young adults, I don't know. So it's, it's challenging. Yeah. It's very challenging because <laughs> I have two different group of young adults, super Catholic, yeah. they found meaning in Christ. So, mm -hmm. so they chose to be in the church and they chose to follow Christ. Not many of them exactly know how, but there's effort and intention and desire. The other group of young adults, well, I went to Catholic school sister for 12 years. Now I don't have to go to church anymore. Yeah. One person said, I served, he was an altar server for like 12 years, wow. no, 18 years. Wow three masses every Sunday. So he says, sister, I don't have to go to church for 36 years. <laughs> <laughs> so you can calculation, right? <laughs> That's really funny. And then some grade 12, when they graduate, this is it. This is my last Catholic mass. This mm -hmm. is graduation mass. Yeah. Yeah. This is my last Catholic mass. I don't have to come to Catholic church. Nobody can tell me what to do anymore. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I feel like Catholic school is like a greenhouse. So I need to just like give them this nutrients as much as possible but again it's up to them yeah. yeah so how can i i cannot stop them making a choice whichever choice they make it's their choice but we as a young we as an adult no i'm not young adult anymore how, well i don't want to ask i was gonna ask how old you are i can it out i will i won't ask you i won't ask you but <laughs> i was just told i'm not i'm 36 years old and i was just told that i am a young adult in the church until i'm 39 so That's technically wrong. it can't be i can still go to young adult events i'm 36 so you don't have to say how old you are but 39 <laughs> I'm not young adult anymore. <laughs> oh, sister, you look like you're 25. I really do. Thank you. <laughs> What's the same age? 25. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> give us some, like, what practical things do you do? What has worked for you when working with young adults? Witness. Yeah. There's no other thing. Like, mm -hmm. Old-fashioned, yes, it's old-fashioned, but old-fashioned works. Personal invitation. I agree, yeah. Right, not just the email or posting an event on Facebook. Like, personal email to that person mm -hmm. or phone call to that person. I haven't seen you for a while. What are you doing? Can we catch up this weekend? You know what? This is happening. If you are interested or if you're free, just come and see me. I'll be there. Like personal invitation always yeah. works the best. Um, 
those who struggle in the church, they're in a good place. As long as they're in the church, there are many people who can help them. But those who are outside, still, my Instagram account is public. So I don't follow that many people, but people can follow mine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Where can they follow you? Can you say your username? <laughs> S-R-H-A-E-J-I-N. <laughs> easy. It's easy. So just witness. I still express my love toward them. And then I explicitly say it. It's not me who love you, but I love you because Jesus is in you. Yeah. Explicit, clear proclamation of <laughs> myself, reason of my love for that person. And then I always say, I'll pray for you. I hope to see you in this Mass at this time. Yeah. That was like listening to one of like Don Bosco's letters. That is why I've read a lot of them for, for work. And it's always like, how are you? I miss you. And then like with deep affection in Jesus Christ, you're a friend. Don Bosco, but like he like asked for them to pray for him, mm-hmm. and like it works. Yeah. Imagine Always. in the 1800s, mm-hmm. doing your thing now in the 21st century. Yeah, and it's something that we'll get into next episode is this this friendship, no? Mm-hmm. And it's something in one of the quotes when Don Bosco was just beginning, he saw all these kids in prison, he saw all of these, you know, all this devastation in in Turin and all around the area, and and. His thing was, if only they had a friend who could accompany them, who could help them in a certain way. Like, only if they had a friend who could, you know, bring them to Christ. And, and Don Bosco was able to be, like, the boundary of, he was able to be a father figure, mm-hmm. but to really feel that closeness of somebody who cared as a friend. And uh, whether young or old, you know, he, he had that, that potential. And, you know, next episode will be the playground where friends can gather, no? Mm-hmm. And uh, how important that is for evangelization. No, you mm-hmm. said the, the personal encounter, the, the personal invitation, that this is, I really do care about you. No? Mm-hmm. And I think that's something that I've, I've witnessed as my time at, at the high school in New York, that I really, I really care about these high school students who are now graduating college and who, you know, really feeling proud of those who are have good jobs and they're on their way and then my heart really breaks for those who are kind of lost you know, who didn't finish school or who are struggling with some some addiction or something you know that it really my heart breaks as a friend and uh, I think that's that's the heart of Don Bosco it's the heart of Christ um, mm-hmm. trying to yeah to to witness to to the love and that what they're looking for is God, and if we could just be there and, and accompany each other, you know how what we're called to. Mm-hmm. I think we're called uh, to, yes. yeah. it's very difficult. But I, Don Bosco also said it's not enough love the young; they must know that they're loved. Mm-hmm. So I was a little bit shy at the beginning to say I love you, because I wasn't, I didn't share that a lot when I was growing up. Yeah. We didn't say like Asian. <laughs> Asian family like we didn't talk at table much very strict roles in the family yeah. so I myself didn't hear that word love that much so I was a little bit shy to say it but Don Bosco gave me this encouragement they must know that they're loved yeah. and if they don't feel loved that's then something wrong with my love mm-hmm. my way of loving them yeah. so I tell them explicitly like you know I love you right Otherwise, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't talk to you like this. Yeah. And Mother General, 
couple of circulars ago mentioned, use the time between classes, mm. that hallway time, right? They go to their locker, change their books, and then they go to the next class. That time is the time of miracle. Yeah. So I try to be present during that time. Like, how are you doing? How was your math test? And how was it going with that girl? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's good. Uh, but Vicky, you want to just ask the last question? Yes. So what advice would you give to a youth minister who is trying to accompany the young in his or her parish or school or wherever they are? But then also, what advice would you give to young Sister Hagen? Oh, me? Yeah, to Younger yourself, but me? also to a youth minister. So both. I added the question, sorry. It's not on your page. No, it's not. The second part of it. <laughs> well, um... When I was reflecting on some questions given to me, um, two quotes of Pope Francis came to my mind. He said this at the, at the opening address for the Synod. It's going on in each diocese right now. And one of the questions in my diocese wants to tackle is, do young people feel they have a spot or seat in the church? Mm-hmm. And I think it's a beautiful question. Mm-hmm. And as a youth minister, Salesians are all youth ministers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was struck by this two quote from the um, saint. He will be a saint. Pope Francis. <laughs> I'm sure he will be a saint. <laughs> Keep us from becoming a museum church, beautiful but mute, with much past and little future. Like, yeah, we want to be active church. Yeah. We want to be a listening uh, yeah. church. Alive. Yeah, alive with a lot more of future, not much past, little future, but much future, and listening with heart. And he also said we should avoid of trying to apply old solutions to new problems. So when I was just one or two year old sister, I was insecure. That's who, like I'm, I'm new to the field, yeah. so I've been youth ministry a lot before I entered, but it's my first time being a youth minister as a Salesian sister. So I wasn't that open to the young's voices. I just went with whatever solutions or choices that I felt more comfortable so Mm -hmm. that I could have more control over the situation. So I like to say to younger version of me, like, it's okay to fail. (laughs) When you fail, you will fail together with the young. <laughs> At least that they won't complain because you listen to them, Hejin. Go with them. They are fine. They're not trying to fail you, but they're trying to help you. So be flexible, open to their voices, open to their solutions. Yeah. As you can hear, I mean, Jesus Christ is speaking to you through the young. Mm-hmm. This Jesus Christ who is always new and is always there with the signs of the times and everything he is, he is always present. So yeah, to listen to the young is mm-hmm. not easy because I think that's exactly right. Not to start a whole new conversation, but to that's fail. a big thing. It's to fail horrifying. and to try to have control. Like yeah. I'm constantly, I want to be in control and yeah. I want to organize everything because it's, it makes you feel more comfortable and you feel like you are mm-hmm. in charge and you're okay and everything. But to, yeah. it's terrifying sometimes to just, yeah, to let go of control and mm-hmm. try something new and, and risk that failure is yeah. a terrifying thing. And Father Lou just talked about that, the opposite, right? So that, like, that he has this wisdom, but that he was like, no, eh, just going to hold that one in. Yeah. We're going to let them come to figure it out, and it might work, and it may not work. But 
with the same. So I think that it's a challenge throughout our lives that the even the less we know or the more we know, we're always going to want to have this aspect of control, but the Lord works, right? And I think it's that exactly what you said in the beginning, that they copy everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And all the words that we say and the attitude that we carry with us is going to be copied and amplified through them. And so if we can let go, then they'll let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was great, Sister Hajin. This was great and nervous. Still nervous. Still nervous. Really? Yes. You're so calm. <laughs> you didn't even have to take a breath. But now to make you more nervous, uh, <laughs> the guest always closes with prayer. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, you didn't tell me that. Yeah, because the spirit is present. The spirit is present. So, oh, Holy sister, Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Holy spirit. <laughs> <laughs> so, sister, just lead us out in a, in a prayer if you could. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, loving Father, for having us gather here together and share what we can do for the young. Not just because we want to do something good for the young, but we want to share your love and we want to witness your love through us. We are your instruments. Continue to help us uh, to be your good instruments and let you grow bigger in us so that what they see is you through us. And also bless all the audience who's listening to this at this time. Uh, send the Holy Spirit to them and bless them with all the graces they need at this time. And we're also going to pray for all the ladies who are suffering, um, struggling with whatever in their situation. And we're going to offer one Hail Mary for them. Hail Mary, full, full of grace, grace, the Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And of course, bless all the young people so that they can find life in you and they can live their life in full in you. Mary, help of Christians. Pray Pray for for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, sister. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Oh, my gosh. I had mine. Not for Canadians. Sorry, our first Canadian guest. Sorry, just think about the whole time. Anyways. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.